This is a download from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon. Welcome to Live and Learn on The Bigger Picture. I'm Lee Chui Lin. In 2012, a group of lawyers dissatisfied with the rising crime rates in Malaysia got together and organized a campaign to build a safer Malaysia. They consulted criminologists and safety experts to put together a module on crime prevention. It formed the basis of the forums and workshops that this initiative organized in schools, colleges and resident associations across Malaysia. Here to share the ideals of Safer Malaysia as well as to give us an update on how far they've come are lawyers Richard Wee and Darren Lai, both co-chairmen of the Safer Malaysia campaign. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Hi, thank you. So firstly, uh, remind us what Safer Malaysia is and why you wanted to initiate it three years ago. Well, thank you, Lynn, for having Safer Malaysia on, uh, on this show. Um, well, Safer Malaysia started off really as a ragtag team of lawyers and um, uh, rakyat who were just really concerned with um, uh, the escalating crime at that time. Uh, every one of us sat down and we all had some problems in respect of crime. So sat down and then we came up with a module. Uh, it was delivered to all the stakeholders, including um, the government officials as well as uh, the police, uh, as well as Bar Council. Now, along that way, Bar Council took up the initiative and we set up a Safer Malaysia Committee under the Bar Council. So from there on, we have started um, uh, moving on with uh, the whole concept of Safer Malaysia, uh, being mainly a think tank in uh, providing solutions to, to the crime problems that, that, that faces Malaysia. So taking us back to um, that three years ago, you know, how did you first come up with that initial module? What was the thought process behind that? Well, in um, uh, Richard here, uh, actually started off with a few of my friends and I. We we started off about like, as uh, Darren mentioned three years ago. Uh, we wanted to find a solution to crime. We wanted to go straight to the point and try to find a way uh, to persuade the government and the system that crime fighting is really not about uh, bigger walls or bigger guns or. or uh, more CCTV. It, it's actually trying to find the reason a person decided to get involved in crime. And then once we know why this person got involved in crime, we were suggesting ways to stop this person from going on to commit the crime. So, for example, now, if we, if we know there will be a botaching uh, who will, who's now in school and he is going to grow up to be a botaching in 20 years' time. If we can go to school and stop this fellow from thinking about crime, then we have one less botaching 20 years from now. So Safer Malaysia is actually about that, fight for our future. One, two, within the program, we try to create a community vigilance where the community uh, as a society stay vigilant, form local tetangga, work together, fight crime, work with, with the police, etc., etc. So Safer Malaysia became the platform for that. And then we have uh, issues about deterrence, uh, where we suggest uh, how to deter crime, like uh, uh, more patrol, uh, strong enforcement, um, effective enforcement of law, etc., uh, etc. Et so basically, Safer Malaysia started with that idea. We drafted a memorandum and module, and now we are here in, in, in BFM. Yeah. So uh, between 2012 and now, could you give us an update on the progress that the initiative has made? Yeah, well... Um as Richard has stated earlier, uh, in respect of the combating crime at the very start, um, 
it is very uh, very important aspect to to us as a firm Malaysia, and to that we have came up with a program uh, which we are working very hard on right now. It's called Safer Malaysia Kids. Now, this Safer Malaysia Kids uh, comprises of a module um, to basically educate children in school um, that doing crime is not right. And other than that, we are also teaching them, um, educating them on how to um, uh, be vigilant as well as create a deterring factor against crime happening towards themselves. Of course, other than that, Safer Malaysia Kids also encompasses um, education to the teachers and the parents as well uh, for them to understand and create that deterring factor against crime happening against their children. How do you bring this to these members of the community? You know, how many children do you reach? How many neighbourhoods do you go to? How many schools do you reach? Well, at the moment, we are doing, uh, the, uh, I would say, promotion of the Safer Malaysia Kids through our training programmes. We do a lot of trainings um, to uh, college, to uh, public universities, even to certain um, private institutions. And we will mention about Safer Malaysia Kids and promote that um, uh, aspect of Safer Malaysia to them. Um, but of course, in the long run, we would like uh, Safer Malaysia Kids to be introduced to the school system, uh, which is where at this point we are working closely with uh, parties like Pemandu, uh, and we're also looking to work with the Ministry of Education in order to bring this module into the schools. And on that note, how are you collaborating with Pemandu? Okay. Uh, well, uh, Lin, a few months ago, and we will speak about this later, uh, about two months ago, we hosted a Safer Malaysia conference together with the University of Defence. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, 200 were uh, Stakeholders arrived and attended the conference. One of them was Pemandu. Uh, in fact, the Pemandu, Datu Amir Khan, spoke at the conference. He was taken with the project. He has now um, worked quite closely with us. He's met us a few times. Uh, some of our reps deal with uh, Pemandu frequently. We intend to present a, a curriculum for schools uh, to him and uh, also to MOE with the hope that uh, somebody will adopt it or at least follow that idea and try to go to back to school and, and educate kids not to get involved in crime. So we're heading that way. And how do you also collaborate with other local authorities like the police or the fire department? Well, on that note, uh, Lina, I'll pass it back to Darren, but we do work very closely with, uh, with for example, in Klang Valley, with the P PJ police. Uh, we, we work with them, we deal with them. Uh, we also have an outreach with uh, many, many resident associations all over Peninsula, Malaysia. Uh, we even have Safer Malaysia in Sabah, particularly in Kota Kinabalu. Uh, so we deal with them by having meetings, dialogues, writing letters, exchange letters. In fact, sometimes simple WhatsApp message between the two parties, tweeting to each other. Um, and, and, and it's been, it's been good. Uh, the police know that uh, the, the Bar Council, through Safer Malaysia, try to become the platform for everyone to work together to find a solution against crime. The Federal Court recently ruled that construction of boom gates across public roads and guardhouses in residential areas are legal. Is this a step in the right direction? Well, it definitely is a step in the right direction. Uh, it's giving the right message in terms of uh, legalization of the boom gates. Uh, however, uh, we, we at Safer Malaysia have actually read the judgment. Um, we 
really are of the view that that judgment is uh, in respect of that particular facts uh, alone. It, uh, in 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 our view, it really doesn't cover yet um, the whole of Malaysia. Right? It's a it's a step direct, uh, in the right direction. It's a good precedent, um, but really it may be confined to the facts of that case itself. Um, in respect of a community which was developed with the intent of a gated and guarded community. Now, why do I say does it not apply to, to uh, yet to the whole Malaysia? It's because of, let's think of places like um, uh, SS2 or Bandar Utama. They were developed 30, 40 years ago or about 20 years ago without the intent of a gated and guarded community. And But now, because of the crime issues uh, and the fear of the crime, the, the, the residents band up together and started building up these fences and boom gates and whatnot, which really uh, in the federal court uh, decision does not answer that that particular issue, which is an issue that Safer Malaysia do look at as well through our law reform units, um, which leads me actually to uh, back to your question earlier on how we work with local authorities like Bomba. People ask, hmm, why is local authority and Bomba involved when it comes to uh, safety and uh, security and crime? This is where they come in, uh, which is where our conference uh, really had built a very good relationship with them. We understood their concerns, uh, especially Bomba. What happens if a boom gate is built up and suddenly there's a fire at 4 a.m.? Who is going to open the gate for them? You see? So these are issues that uh, we're still looking at. Uh, we're trying to work uh, together closely with local authorities and Bomba to come up with a solution that hopefully can be a win-win situation. Sure, because you need to think relatively long-term, right? You can't just kind of put something down and hope that this will keep everybody out without thinking about how it might also hem you in. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Because uh, the federal court case, uh, actually both Dan and I want it to apply to everyone. We want it to be looking at the facts. In the case, uh, the background of the facts was the parties had purchased properties which already had plans to build a gate. And eventually the residents there decided to do it themselves. So the example like SS2 or Ipoh Garden in Ipoh or uh, in the Taman uh, Permai in Johor, they have no such plans. Can they supply it? Is a question mark. I'm speaking today to Richard Wee and Darren Lai, co-chairman of the Bar, the Bar Council Safer Malaysia Committee, and we are discussing how to build a safer Malaysia. Up next, uh, perception versus reality when it comes to crime in Malaysia on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Good afternoon. You are listening to Live and Learn on The Bigger Picture. I'm Lee Chui Lin. With me today are Richard Wee and Darren Lai, co-chairman of the Bar Council Safer Malaysia Committee. We're discussing how to build a safer Malaysia, uh, an issue that really concerns us all. So it's often said that perception far outweighs the reality of crime rates in Malaysia. Big statement. Would you agree with that? Um, in Malaysia, well, yes. Uh, the perception of crime uh, is definitely haunting us. But with respect, I don't think it's perception. There is a massive amount of crime every day. Um, putting aside the veracity and the truth of the report, but if you look at the social media updates on, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, even Tumblr, people are saying, look, I just got robbed, I just got broken in, etc. Even if these people, half of them are lying, there's still a lot of crime there. And many of them don't launch reports because they feel that nothing's going to be done. Something Safer Malaysia is also trying to address. You know, we want to tell people, look, if there's a crime, please launch a report. Just report.
And how do you address that? Because I know, you know, just speaking on a purely anecdotal level, I know of people um, who have had crimes committed against them. But because it's little things, you know, they think it's just pickpocketing, for example, Mm. or, um, you know, so long as they didn't get hurt, I think they often feel that, oh, well... This Let is just go. part of living here. Yeah. yeah, I don't have to report it. So how do you address that that inclination to just go, never mind? Well, from a community level and from the bar council level, um, Daryl and I, together with our team, we, we always encourage people uh, at anywhere we meet, like now meeting you, for example, or at our trainings, we, we tell people, look, watch a report. And then we explain why it's for st- statistics, it's more accurate, then we know which area is a hotspot, etc., etc., um, so it helps the statistician and people like Pemandu and police to find solution. Two is, uh, I understand and I stand corrected, uh, Pemandu is working with the police and police themselves internally are working on this to make lodging reports more less stressful and uh, more uh, welcoming. Uh, if that happens, which I, th- I think it will eventually, uh, people will be more willing to lodge reports. Uh, and I think I think that that's the first, first step, you know. But Unfortunately now, uh, whenever uh, community groups like us uh, or even Bar Council when we talk about crime, uh, we always hear from the uh, government officials that it's a perception. Uh, perhaps to some extent that may be accurate, uh, but with, with deepest respect, if the officials don't live down the streets with us at Jinjiang, in uh, even SS2 or suburban areas like Sungabulo, they do not understand what people go through. Some houses are broken in seven, eight times a year. Uh, it's, it's a different life, you know, as compared to someone who's living high and mighty in a different place, you know. So there, there is crimes and it's not just perception, it's real. So when it comes to um, a community level, I mean, I, I can understand that you want that information, you need to know where to go, you need to know who to communicate to. But on a personal level, uh, do you think that enough people feel that, yes, something is being done for me as opposed to just my community? Well, um, Because if I'm going to go to all that trouble of going down to the police station, having to uh, go through the whole process of explaining, you know, that is time that I could be spending going to get my IC or time that I could be spending going to uh, buy a new phone, for example, as opposed to, you know, going to make that police report. Well, um, sorry, Darren, I'll just straight say that we need the statistics. The people need to understand that that statistics, though looking minute and uh, uh, innocuous, but actually goes a long way to help uh, people in the, the, the correct places to understand what is happening and make decisions. So it's actually helping people make decisions. So I agree. I, I've been victim of crimes before, and I, it's actually quite uh, irritating to go and lodge reports and all that. But do it. It helps. It will help the system in the long run. Yes. So far, we've been addressing crimes like, um, you know, houses getting broken into, things like phones, I suppose, getting stolen, snatched, theft, and so on. But do issues like bullying or hate speech also fall within Safer Malaysia's agenda? Well, bullying, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we do deal with that as, as information kids will deal with that yes. for hate speech is actually a slightly different issue uh, hate speech uh, now is the infamous seditious uh, speeches uh, the, that's under civil liberty issues human rights but at Safer Malaysia uh, expect, particularly since we are a member of the Bar Council three things one we support any effort to encourage the accurate freedom of speech 
saying the accurate accurate stuff uh, and, and saying with, in, in bona fide to we discourage people who use freedom of speech uh, to abuse it, to say things uh, just to create hate in the name of freedom of speech. So Safer Malaysia disagree with that. In fact, we issued a statement on this issue, I think about two years ago. Yeah. Thirdly, Safer Malaysia, as per the crime issues, uh, uh, tried to explain that more hate speeches will eventually lead to crime, violent crime. And, and uh, that is something which is, uh, we, we may not be able to stop because it, it's, it's covered with emotion, uh, full of uh, personal anger. Uh, it's, it's a dangerous slope we are on. So we really discourage hate speech. You also have crimes like robbery and theft now happening in the virtual world uh, instead of just the real one. So are you taking on cyber crimes as well? Uh, at the moment, no. Um, but it will be something that we are looking at. Um, and in fact, uh, we are in the near future looking at um, also the issues of um, how, uh, what do you call that, the, the social media sharing and how it affects um, crime, uh, helps out in crime prevention and as well as the uh, uh, aspect on privacy law when it comes to sharing um, information in public and especially it incriminates someone. So that that would be something we're looking at. And in fact, uh, yes, the the crime on uh, c- cyber crimes is something that yeah, we can definitely look at. So perhaps you could both also give us a refresher. You know, you referenced um, going out to meet the community. Um, it's part of what you do, outreach, uh, as well as the conference that was organised. So let's talk about that. What kind of activities or forums do you organise to get the public involved with this agenda and with your modules? Yeah. Um, well, two years ago, in 2013, um, we, Safer Malaysia, came up with a module training to train people how to think when it comes to uh, fighting crime, solution against crime. And uh, we, using that module, we have gone to university, uh, to Gob Draman, uh, private colleges. Uh, in fact, we are scheduled to go to USM uh, and uh, Unimas in Sarawak this month and next month. Uh, we are going back to Ta University again. Um, some of the programs are used in uh, uh, kindergartens uh, where the school teachers will take it and try to uh, implement it in school. So that training is ongoing. And that training is, for example, asking kids uh, or asking the delegates who's listening to the pro- uh, training, um, how do you really solve crime? If you see a uh, person walking aimlessly in, in crime, uh, in the street, what do you do? Uh, if you feel that there's going to be a crime, what do you do? So uh, some people will say jump on him <laughs> or attack that fella. <laughs> So civil Malaysia will encourage, discourage them and, and say, look, you know, you should contact the police first, use the system, use the law, respect the, the rule of law, etc., etc. Then it led to eventually uh, the Safer Malaysia Conference on, uh, I think it was 22nd January, if I'm not mistaken, 2015. Yes. We hosted it together with University Defence. Uh, yeah. The, the uh, University Defence are very much in support of this idea. And at that conference, um, Darren and I spoke uh, we, the, the police had a top senior officer speaking there. That's so Amit Khan from Pomandu also spoke. Uh, people from MPPJ, the DPPs, the fire brigade, the uh, prisons, uh, you, you name it, they were there. Even town and country planners we invited. Uh, people asked, for example, let me just show you how important Lin. People ask Darren, why did you call town and country planning? They have got nothing to do with crime. <laughs> yes. I told them I disagree. <laughs> For example, when it comes to the small plants at the next to the traffic light, 
Town and country planners will tell you that the height of the plant should be maybe two or three feet, maybe. They will tell the MPPJs and the DBKLs what to do with that. They plan all that, taking into account the possibility someone may hide behind the bush to rob you. So town and country planning also plays a part. Everyone plays a part, the, the whole entire system. So from that conference, uh, we've seen a wave of discussions. And uh, uh, using the uh, Safer Malaysia platform again, uh, the Bar Council is reaching out to the police, Home Ministry, Pemandu, etc., etc., and uh, from the 2015 January conference, there will be follow-ups. And there's already follow-ups with Pomando now. And uh, the whole idea is to eventually, what's our ultimate aim, is to eventually find ways and uh, exercise it and uh, put it into place, uh, ways to stop crime from happening. Uh, that is the most effective way to fight crime. Actually, Lin, can I just go slightly digress here for a while before I pass it back to Darren? If you call the police, as much as I want the police to do something, as much as, much as the police must do their work uh, to deter crime, but when you call a, a police, uh, Lin, it's too late. You are already a victim. Nobody ever calls the police for fun. You call the police because you just got robbed or something else, you know? So what we want is that you don't ever have to call the police. So that the hero who, who or the, that filler who, who came and robbed you never robs. Because there, we have now a new atmosphere in Malaysia where there's no reason for people to commit crime. That's where we're heading to. We want an atmosphere, a surrounding circumstances where people don't find a reason to commit crime. That is our ultimate aim for Safer Malaysia. And then if you, less people call the police, less crimes, less victims. And that leads me to my next question, which is rather a weighty one, but it's also a reference to something that, um, Richard, you mentioned at the start of the interview, which is, what is the root cause of crime? I mean, if we're trying to analyse it, it seems to me that there are multiple, right? There are multiple, multiple yes. factors here. Yes, um, definitely, Lynn. I agree. There is multiple factors, uh, which leads to one person being moulded to become a criminal um, sometime in the future. And it all starts from young, uh, and which is why um, in, in civil nation we actually uh, advocate for the greater study of criminology in Malaysia. Um, taking a cue from case of uh, Ted Bundy in US, they understood um, why, eventually they understood why Ted Bundy did what he did. And it was all through the study of criminology. And we, I, we think that this study is actually very important in Malaysia. Um, it can be other factors, a lot of factors. It could be poverty, um, it could be drugs, it could be family problems. Identify the issue, tackle it, then we will be able to reduce one person becoming a criminal in the future. On the other hand, some people might argue that punitive action uh, is also a good way to yeah, prevent crime. Definitely. Do we need tougher laws? Um, actually, I think we have enough laws. Yeah. Um, actually, Malaysia have pretty good laws I mean we're speaking both from <laughs> as, as, uh, lawyers. as lawyers yeah. <laughs> yes. here in Malaysia but uh, uh, it is the enforcement which is an issue um, of course comments like this sometimes uh, doesn't go down well with the system uh, but the fact remains is if we have a more effective system which includes uh, assisting the police assisting the, the DPPs etc and the prisons then crime may drop for example the police 
uh, we may be critical against the police, and I am critical of them sometimes. But if you go to a police station, you realize the police, uh, the criminal investigation department is ill-equipped. Um, they're not properly supported. There's not enough staff. Uh, we need to do something about that. The DPPs, they're overworked. They are trying their best to do with what they have. Uh, we need to support them. The prisons, too much prisoners in too small prisons. The system needs to do something about that. So with the money that the government have, uh, that is one particular area they should churn it to, direct it to, uh, invest in our safety, invest in our security. That, I think, is, is, is the better way uh, to go about. Um, but... Um, well, <laughs> we'll see. We'll yes. see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> so after three years then, has this campaign altered any of your pre-existing notions of crime since its inception back in 2012? Or has it turned out to be pretty much, um, has the issue turned out to be pretty much what you expected it to be? Well, I would say since, since yeah, my, actually, I must mention my old friend Yip, Yip Chuan Wing, he and I started this. He's still in the group. It's just that he didn't come today. Um, well, crime is still very much a issue for us. But with Safer Malaysia, we find ourselves uh, strengthened as a community, uh, in, as numbers. People now begin to uh, think and debate and discuss and dialogue about solution against crime in an articulated, intelligent manner uh, with the system, with the government. Uh, we find that there is hope. There is ways to solve it. It's not the end of the world. And we also show now as a leader that uh, you don't need to wait for the police to come and help you. You as a community can do something about it. And this is how one way to do it. There are many other big groups out there. Uh, Mara is in a big group. Uh, this, uh, my, our colleague, our partner, Malaysian Crime Awareness Campaign, also a big group. Yeah. Many, many anti-crime groups out there uh, in Puchong, in... Uh, KL, these are good good ways to, to find uh, a platform where we all can uh, converge and, and uh, fight crime. So to answer your question, I think there's still crime, but I think now, compared to three years ago, we feel that there's a bit more hope. So what are Safer Malaysia's plans and priorities going forward then? Well, we are definitely going to take uh, the relationship that we've built along these three years with the uh, relevant authorities, be it police, uh, local authorities, uh, Bomba and whatnot, Bermandu as well. Uh, we're going to take it one, one notch, one step further um, for strengthening uh, and a better cooperation um, towards really just one aim, safer Malaysia. It's just too wide to, to really explain um, everything, but all stakeholders play a part, including the public. And how do you assess whether what you've done has made an impact? How do you measure that success? Well, we have to admit there's no formula to, to, to <laughs> gauge that. But I will gauge it by the amount of people uh, joining Safer Malaysia, the amount of people, more importantly, believing in this project. Uh, we started off in a small, tiny Facebook group for about 20 old people. Now there are about five over 1,000 of us. And we have partners with MARA and MCAC, Mission Crime Awareness Campaign. MCAC have more than 80,000 followers on Facebook. So we work together and, and, and they, they, everyone believes in this cause. Um, so in that sense, I would say we are on the right direction. I will not use the word successful, not yet. Yes. Uh, but there is confidence, there is vigour, there is direction now. Um, but I want to add in one more thing here, that... Um, other than this general fight for crime, 
There are two side campaigns we are doing. You, you dealt with one issue, Safer Malaysia Kids. Yeah. We are also campaigning now, uh, very soon, Crime Against Women. Uh, violent Crime especially. We are shooting a video about that soon. Uh, it'll be a subset within Safer Malaysia. Uh, I think uh, people who hurt, hit another person is hideous. Person, people who hit a weak person is worse. Um, and, and crime against uh, anyone or hitting anyone is bad. Yeah. But we want to focus on ladies is because of the nature of the crime against the ladies, especially rape and, and uh, sexual molestation. Uh, it's a horrendous crime. And uh, uh, we don't want that to happen to any of our close friends, our mum or sisters. And that, that's something we're heading towards too. But that's something we perhaps at the next... Uh, if Safer Malaysia is invited to BFM again, perhaps we can speak about that in the future. Because now at the moment, it's all uh, on the drawing board. Yeah. All right. Thank you both so much for joining me today. I've been speaking to Richard Wee and Darren Lai, co-chairman of the Bar Council Safer Malaysia Committee. We've been discussing building a safer Malaysia on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.